You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Hey, everyone. Uh, I want to give everyone a few minutes to join. Okay, um, so first let me introduce um, uh, Oliver. Um, Oliver is with IBA. Um, he is um, he's a business broker um, and his last name is Kotelnikov. Uh, um, Oliver is with IBA. Uh, he's the director of hospitality trans uh, transaction division at IBA, uh, Pacific Northwest. It's a premier full service business broker serving the hospitality uh, business community since 1975. Uh, and IBA has over 4,200 successful completed transactions. A little bit more about Oliver um, is Oliver's family comes from the restaurant industry. And Oliver has been... Uh, uh, with his family, uh, operated, I, I don't know, was it five bakeries or three? Uh, yeah, five locations and the retail locations and a uh, manufacturing sort of wholesale facility, yeah. So it's always nice to have someone who understands your business from the practical aspect of what you go through, right? And, uh, you know, if you're going to hire an attorney, have an attorney that's uh, at some point worked in the restaurant industry is a great thing. So Oliver's that on the business broker side. So welcome, Oliver, and glad to have you here. Thank you. Nice um, to be here. Our focus today is going to be, what are the top questions when uh, interviewing brokers to sell your hospitality business and associated uh, commercial real estate? Um, you know, do you need a broker? Do you not need a broker? Uh, those kind of things. So I'm just going to get right into it, if that's okay. And if you have questions today, you can uh, pop them in the chat. Um, Shelby, maybe you can help me monitor the chat a little bit. And let me know if uh, something's up there, or I'll periodically take a look at it. So uh, oh. with that, let's just do a dive in. Um, Oliver, I'm going to take this from the perspective of being an operator in the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, you know, as I like to do with, you know, 30, 40 years of experience. So I'm going to take the approach of some of the questions that I would have. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'm interviewing multiple brokers. Uh, what makes you a good fit to sell my business? Yeah. And that's a great, you know, great question. And, and, and just having that question is, is, is a great start. Um, you know, it sets the expectation for yourself. What is your expectation for the process of sale uh, and the time required? And, you know, the diligence for a business broker is not unlike uh, the research that you do for any professional services. Um, before you even interview a broker, um, you know, check the online resources. Do they have a website? Uh, are there reviews? What are people saying about what they're doing? What have they done? Um, you know, does the broker have a LinkedIn profile that, that, that you can sort of check in on and, 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 and see what the footprints out there look like? And, 
you know, just get a sense prior to even interviewing. And then once you reach out, um, you know, that also gives you some information as to the, res the responsiveness. Um, are they good on the phone? Are they returning emails? Uh, what's the communication like? Because it's a long road. So, you you know, you are building some time to do to, to due diligence. And then ultimately, when you, <clears throat> when you do meet with, with several brokers, which you should meet with several and interview them, um, <clears throat> then, then you can get into the details of, um, you know, what makes them a good broker for your specific uh, business that you're selling and, and, and see if there's rapport in, you know, in an in-person meeting. Okay. Um, I might come back to that and ask you some additional questions on what mm -hmm. are what are some some measurement type questions to do that. But mm -hmm. uh, let me move on for a second. What's your what's your level of experience with selling a hospitality business? Now I, I know you've operated them, right? But sure, sure. You know, this is it's a it's a it's a different thing, right? To be selling them and and doing the transactions of the buy and sell. So what's your experience? And, and, and it is an, an entirely different thing. And that's something that's important for a business owner to realize is that they're an expert at running their business, which does not necessarily make them an expert at transitioning out um, or, or, or selling it. Um, but I'm, I'm an active broker in the hospitality space, uh, working all over the state um, and, uh, you know, selling concepts from successfully um, from uh, fast casual restaurants, full service restaurants, um, bakeries, uh, coffee businesses, retail, wholesale, uh, wineries, and alcohol manufacturing. Um, so you want someone who uh, you know has shown the ability and then has the knowledge and market knowledge and understanding and the experience um, in helping you with the with the type of transaction that you're contemplating. Okay. Um, I think one of the most interesting questions or controversial questions always becomes between the broker, the, the, the owner, right, on the, the fair market value, right? How do you establish that? And um, I mean, that's an opportunity for if someone's been operating their business for many years, try and maximize, you know, their ability to get out of that, you know, to transition out of the business and do it smoothly and, and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you establish a fair market value? Yeah, and then clearly, uh, you know, a key pivotal question and, and an answer to that, um, you're not likely to get in an initial interview or over the phone. If someone gives you that answer, um, it's probably a, a, a large, you know, fairly aggregated sort of a ballpark estimate. So um, what's the process of establishing value? Well, you, it's, it's an evaluation. So much like in a, in a real estate setting, you would expect someone to, to, to do a full appraisal. Um, uh, there is a business evaluation process that, that's based on uh, historical financials and the narrative that's conveyed by the owner in some of these meetings, phone calls, and really a business evaluation, depending on you know, how long documents take to submit. And they can come from the owner. They can come from uh, the accountant or the uh, bookkeeper. Um, it, you know, it can take, you know, two to two to six weeks, depending on how quickly those documents arrive to really assemble and look through those documents. And then the value is really established once the broker thoroughly understands the business and, and, and learns about it and then presents the evaluation to the owner and really explains uh, 
how they arrived at the figures and what's impacted value positively, negatively, and then by extension, what can be done uh, to mitigate, um, you know, some of the down downsides, increase, you know, what increases and decreases value, how much time is required for some of these, you know, you may hear that, yes, you can increase the value by, you know, uh, working on factor X, but that's a 36 month, uh, you know, timeline to, to make a dent, right? Is that within your timeline? Who knows at that point, but those recommendations are made, not only the fair market value range, but also uh, what can be done to improve upon it. And then which, what are the factors that are really driving value? They're going to be a little bit different in every business. Right. Um, so this is a little kind of twist to this. A concern that I would have in selling my business would be um, being listed with someone, right? I, mm -hmm. I, there's different brokers out there and someone just wanting my listing mm -hmm. and, um, and overselling me just like a real estate, you know, broker could do, you know, sure. tell me the value of my home is higher than having to settle down so they can get a listing. Right. Uh, I know there's that reality there that you, you hopefully you have someone who is, you know, more, more forthright, but how do you avoid that? Um, by, um, by listening to what the evaluation entails and how thorough it is. Again, if it's a quick over the phone or, or, you know, a basic uh, one, two, three evaluation. Um, you know how complicated a business is, you know, you're, let's say you've been operating the business for, for, you know, 20, 30 years, maybe more. You've had, you know, the time period prior to COVID, you've had COVID, you've had coming out of COVID, you've had, you know, multiple sort of ups and downs and recessions and peaks and valleys in there. So has someone looked at all that? Right. Or, 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 or if they are not asking you the questions that you believe are important and giving you the value without having that information, it's probably not a true market value because once you're listed, a buyer, uh, their accountant, um, their attorney, a bank is definitely going to ask all those questions. So if your broker doesn't know the answer to these questions, one, he hasn't established the fair market value accurately. Um, and two, he's just not going to know the answer. Um, so, um, you know, I would say, again, that's an interview process question, but, but, but just use your judgment and, and see if someone's really drilling down into it and, and giving you the fair market value versus what you want to hear. Um, you don't want someone who's in the listing agreement business or the administrative fee business, as, as you said, and then, you know, the compensation model can, can speak to that if, if you ask how they're compensated. Um, is it driven by results and, and is it outcome based or is it more <clears throat> kind of ongoing fee based and that can that can inform um, what someone's you know motivations are okay um, and obviously not not just picking a broker too quickly it's it's really what that homework looks like and how they come back um, so how does how do you market my business so marketing is, uh, again, another another great question. You know, one of the central themes in marketing a hospitality business is confidentiality. So again, if we transition to, you know, parallel of real estate, residential or commercial, um, there isn't that aspect that the building is listed for sale. Uh, there's not the, 
um, you know, the downside of the information being in the public domain. So marketing a business, uh, you know, it's marketed and on, on resources that on commercial platforms that are more business asset oriented. So they're different than let's say multiple listing service, right? Um, uh, you know, we, for instance, maintain a, a, a confidential buyer database that, uh, that includes, um, members that are entrepreneurially minded that are looking specifically for businesses of certain kinds and types and parameters. And so, and so we're really targeting uh, uh, a very focused group of, uh, of potential buyers that are uh, interested in the very product that we're trying to sell, which is a unique market niche. Buying or selling a business is, is, is something that people do want. Although serial entrepreneurs, right. They, you know, people, People buy businesses on average every seven years. Many entrepreneurs change in and out of businesses and and, and sort of diversify their investments. And um, but uh, maintaining confidentiality, it's again, it's business specific. It depends on what the opportunity is, um, but it's marketed, uh, you know, with that in mind. Getting it out to your target demographic, but not without, you know. Uh, letting the cat out of the bag in a sense and, and, and making sure that, that the client is protected because you in this, until you own and operate the business until the day you sell it, uh, until that happens, um, we don't want, we don't want disclosure to employees, uh, vendors, customers, uh, that needs to happen in a control fashion, sort of down the line once the buyer is identified and, and, and everybody's feeling comfortable. So if, if I own the building, uh, are you are you qualified to accurately evaluate and sell the commercial real estate as well as the business? So the building and the real estate, yes. So uh, uh, IBA is a uh, also a commercial realtor, licensed commercial realtor, um, as well as a, a business brokerage. So someone looking at both assets frequently, uh, you know, the business and the building are, are very closely tied together. Um, it's you know, often, oftentimes, not always, but the business, the restaurant or the food service opportunity may be the only tenant in there. So, so they are in essence tied into the business is what's driving the value of the real estate and looking at them together and transitioning them to the same owner um, under the same roof in terms of representation in, in, in the marketplace um, can be beneficial. And typically, you know, generates a higher level of interest uh, from from highly qualified buyers because they like that piece. The real estate piece um, collateralizes the investment. It, it sort of diversifies risk, and it's a long term play. So it's it's oftentimes it oftentimes attracts the buyer that you know most people would consider a, a qualified strong buyer. Yeah, yeah, because they can pick up the real estate. Sure. They can always run a lease back or something like that if they want down the road. It just gives options. Yeah, there's, right. you know, it's a, uh, it's a long-term investment play. Um, and, and so, yeah, and we're absolutely qualified to value and, and transition both assets. Right. Confid confidentiality, obviously, I don't want my employees to know. Um, that's real important. Um, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you address that? So uh, businesses are, are sold, you know, 
confidentially and discretion is key and that's ensured by uh, non-disclosure agreements sometimes multiple levels of disclosure occur um, it's um, achieved by pre-qualifying the buyer which is something that uh, an experienced broker can and knows how to do and does diligently uh, it's really not in our interest to disperse information to as many people as possible or to parties that are not in a position to complete the transaction are not motivated are not financially qualified all of that um, really precludes them from engaging on the transaction and, and it's really the broker's job uh, to ensure that information is distributed to qualified and uh, uh, qualified parties and, and 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 make sure that the appropriate paperwork is is in place to you know to, to ensure confidentiality so it's, it's a multi multi-tiered process and uh and what's the terms that you basically of a standard listing agreement um and what's the time frame look like to sell my business so uh the time frame depends a little bit on the geography so you know something let's say in king pierce Snohomish county uh is it is you know probably a faster time frame time track than than a, a more remote geography. Um, and then we sell businesses and from Winthrop to, to, to Ocean Shores, uh, to Walla Walla and, and have, a, have a good understanding um, of what those timeframes are. But, you know, standard, I'd say three to nine months from listing to funding, a smaller market area, I would push that up to six to 12 months um, to, 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 to source a buyer, fund the deal, complete the transition from start to finish. Okay. Listing agreement, you, you know, also tells you about uh, kind of what the expected timelines are. Um, ours is six months, you know, if we can't get it done for you in six months, then, uh, you know, we need to reassess or, 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 or potentially have somebody else help you. But if you take the listing, we're pretty confident we can deliver on that three to nine month timetable or have uh have something in place that's moving towards the deal in that time frame. what's your fee structure look like so fee structure depends on um um the scope and complexity of the project and and then the price point as well um so typically that businesses that sell under a uh, million dollars in enterprise value um about 10% of the sales price for the business assets. Um, if it's if the real estate is involved, um, you know, that's a multi-tiered sort of a fee structure. And again, uh, given at the time of following the evaluation, I'm giving you ballpark numbers. Once, you know, the value goes higher, the the fees are, are become lower. Um, but it's important to understand what's involved in selling something and, and doing an evaluation of the business prior to any financial or contractual agreement helps me as a broker determine what's the scope of the project, what's the work required to sell it, uh, how long is it going to take. And then so once we review the evaluation and, and, and present um, an opinion of value in a fair market price range, um, I typically present the commission fee structure at that time as well, because I have a good understanding of, 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 of the work involved to sell the business. Okay. Um, 
I, I almost wanted to do a deep dive there <laughs> and, and ask. We can, we can, <laughs> absolutely. So, no, so we... do you? Are you incentivized for for make for selling my business at a higher price? So I'm incentivized to deliver every last dollar to the extent that I can support it in the marketplace, right? So to your question, you know, why don't you know? How about how do you know if a broker just accepts your price? Uh, to me, you know, we're 100% performance based. Uh, only happy customers pay us. IBA does not collect a fee until and unless the business is sold and that happens out of escrow. So for me to overprice your business and have it sit there, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. I want to establish fair market value and, and, and take the business to market at a price point um, that's, that's fair and that will generate interest. And, and that will achieve your exit goals. So um, I promise you something that's overpriced does not sell. That's businesses, cars, you know, packets of staples, pick an item, right? Fair market, market will, there will be a fair, you know, a market adjustment and the market will speak. Uh, the advantage is that you're, you want to deal with somebody that can give you an idea of what that response will be prior to, going to market prior to listing, prior to entering contractually, you're saying, hey, here's what the evaluation is. Here's what my experience says will happen. Here's what I can do for you in the next three to nine months. Very clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you facilitate reassignments of my lease obligations to the new owner? Yes. So leases, uh, leases are a great question. Deals, uh, do not happen unless real estate is involved, right? Unless you're your own landlord, a landlord, an existing landlord must consent to the lease reassignment. And this goes back to uh, largely to buyer pre-qualification. A landlord is, keep in mind, the landlord is in the business of renting space to, to a qualified tenant. Um, it's, it's always, you know, somewhat worrisome to a landlord when a reliable tenant exits the space and, and, and is sort of that, that arrangement changes, but, but the, you know, my job as a broker is to bring a qualified buyer and to have a substantive conversation with the landlord saying, you know, the owner is retiring. That probably will happen whether you like it or not. Right. What we're doing for you, Mr. Landlord is we've done the work to make sure that there will be no interruption uh, of operations. Uh, we've brought a qualified buyer who's going to be here for, the next chapter of this business. Um, they're qualified financially. They're, they're qualified in terms of industry experience. And we have a meeting and we have a discussion and we round table it. And, and, and so that's part of, part of the services, um, you know, in addition to other representation services that, that a broker should be offering is, is um, lease reassignment, lease negotiations, because it typically is a contingency deal in deals if a buyer can't secure the location or occupancy arrangements, they can't run the business. Right. The right. sale, the sale doesn't happen. So that's right. a big part of it. Yeah. Right. So what is important to you when evaluating projects for representation? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And, and, and so it's a good question to ask because it needs to make sense. Um, it needs to make sense and be a win-win transaction to, to both sides. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I, that, that I look for is, is a meeting of the minds with the owner, at least post valuation in terms of um, what the expectations are. And that includes some of these things we talked about, which is value, uh, timeline, uh, sort of general exit strategy objectives, and the ability to work together in terms of uh, communication, transfer of documents, um, and 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 so um, you know, a business must be profitable um, in order to generate interest in the marketplace. Um, you know, we're probably not experts at transitioning something that's in a state of flux or you know, distressed asset, for for lack of a better word. Um, you know, I do look for. Uh, mature businesses that are uh, ready to exit and that present a good opportunity for the next owner operator. Um, and so there must be the ability uh, to transition operations. Uh, you know, I, I look for strength in the operational infrastructure. What do they, what does the employee pool look like? Or is there middle management? Um, what is the owner's job? Right. So, um, what does the does the owner work in their business? Are they working on their business? Is are they there in the capacity of every hat? Do they need to wear every hat in the house, or, or you know, or are they, um, uh, you know, are they executively managing the business? Do they have the opportunity to sort of pick their own role? Um, is the next owner going to be able to come in and? focus on taking the business into the next chapter or are they rolling up their sleeves and and uh, you know needing to be on the schedule doing a daily job and, and and all of that you know that doesn't preclude a business from being sold but but I do want to know uh, what the role of the owner is so that I can accurately present because owner operated opportunities sell I mean there there are different different types of buyers out there uh, it's important for me to know what this, what any particular opportunity on a case-by-case -case basis represent to somebody new coming in. Right. Yeah. That helps the valuation yeah. uh, in the process. If, if let's reverse the role here for a second, right? Sure. You're the business owner and you're interviewing brokers like yourself. Um, um, so I picked three right out there. What's the time frame generally like from the interview process to really getting a response back on, you know, Q and A time frame? I, I would assume I really want to be careful on on who I pick because mm -hmm. you know they're going to be representing my business, and yeah. you know, you work five, ten, fifteen, twenty years in business. You want someone, or forty years in your business. You want someone good representing you and represents you well. Um, I think it's a real important decision. I think this is probably the most important decision you make. Um, it sure it's is. up there. It's, it's up, up there. there. Yeah. And, um, what How many business owners say it's like one of my children, right? They look right. at the, right? So, Everybody does that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you definitely put all your time in it. But um, what's that like for you on the other side of the fence, you know, doing getting that interview process? I mean, yeah. I think we've all bought and sold houses, but we don't all buy and sell businesses, right? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, start with, again, the big factor is time. So it's what we started out in the first step, um, give yourself time to, 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 to really evaluate um, and, and, and find someone that you're, because you have to be comfortable 
with the broker that you work with. Um, so uh, whether that's phone conversations, emails, or meetings, I mean, start with baby steps. And, and it's, it's really a basic thing of, okay, will you come out and meet with us in person? Right. We want to meet you in person. If we're at the interview stage, if you've narrowed down, you know, two, three, four, five brokers, um, are you able to come and tour the facility? Because if, if you haven't toured the facility and in this and, you know, broker should accommodate this on the, on, in terms of confidentiality and, and be there at a time that that, you know, works with respect to not disrupting operations and right. um, uh, and, and being discreet. But, but, you know, walking the facility, meeting in person, sitting down to meet with, uh, with the owner and, and, and maybe answer some of these next level questions. Um, you know, a broker is certainly expected to attend, you know, buyer-seller meetings. Uh, they're expected to show the business. So showing up in person is not a new idea. Uh, it's something that, you know, I'm going to say they should be able to do if, if they're interested in the project. Right. Um, so I would, you know, I would move on if you're, if you've narrowed it down, um, you know, I would, as far as timeline I and mean, engage the communication cadence, it probably, you know, in, in terms of business days, shouldn't take more than a day or two to return an email um, or a phone call. Um, you know, Zoom meetings are fine. We're, we're sort of in the post-COVID era where, where you can have, if, if you're not ready to meet in person, you can request a, a video conference. Um, what, what what kind of response should it take? So I'm reaching out to you. We're talking about the business. You want to get to know the business a little bit. You probably have, I don't know, you probably have a set questions you ask me as an owner, right? Um, sure, uh, yeah. What and, and for you to go back and do a little homework and 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 present, you know, what you guys would do, what, you know, mm -hmm. I, you specifically would do. What's that turnaround time? I, I mean, a phone call, I, I would say, doesn't require, you know, a lot of preparation or, or, or scheduling. If I'm, you know, in an email communication with somebody, you know, on Monday, I'm, I'm probably available for a phone call at some point that week, you know, for an introductory call. Um, as far as questions... Yeah, I mean, that, that initial phone call does is, is, again, it has to work for both parties and there has to be a meeting of the minds and a compatibility. So I'm going to ask sort of my preliminary questions on the business and I'm certainly an open book for, for any and all questions. Really at any stage of the process, I think most business owners will find that it, it's, it's an ongoing process to where they've had a conversation, they've been asked certain prompted for certain questions and 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 and, and wheels start turning and they go, ah, I should have asked this. You write, you write it down. I should ask the broker this. What about this? You know, why didn't you think of that? Right. And then so that's just, you know, then that's maybe you follow up by email, maybe you, you call them back and maybe you reserve that for an in-person meeting. Um, uh, you know, at some point there's a decision to be made as to whether you want to do an evaluation. And so that requires submitting documents and that's a different communication cadence. Typically those are transferred electronically from the owner or, or from a CPA or, or, or a bookkeeper or can be uploaded. But um, if you're just talking, you know, and, and still considering a broker, um, certainly just pick up the phone and, and see how that works. I mean, if it's too difficult, um, you know, make your, make your call. Well, definitely getting to know your broker is important. Yeah. Um, 
So does is anyone's had any, have any questions, please put it in chat. If we're not, we're going to wind down here. I do have uh, Oliver's information in the chat if you want to reach out and get a copy of the top 10 questions. Um, maybe he'll add some, some answers to that um, for you, uh, I'm sure. But uh, his email and his cell number is in there. Uh, also, my email is in there if you'd like a copy of the recording. Um, and um, at the end of the day here, let me just give it a couple of minutes and I will... Uh, let me see if I can come up with one final question here. Did you want to circle back to the the initial question? It seemed like there was some. Uh, well, um, again, you know, I, I think the most important part is making sure that you find a good fit to sell the business. And yeah. I, you know, when I when I look at the at that that process, I think that process is a little bit more involved in the process of. Uh, some of the other things that I might go through in life, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important that, um, I, I guess what I would stress is the importance of not only getting to know your broker, but what are the questions that the broker is asking you? And Correct. then at the yeah. end of the day, um, with those questions, um, are they, you know, are they uh, coming up with a reasonable plan? What is the plan, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not making decisions uh, on on who you pick as a broker until you really got them through the process of providing you some type of a plan. Um, I think it's very easy to have fluid conversation. There's a lot of good salespeople out there. Sure. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you, you've got a salesperson that's selling your business, no doubt about yeah. that. But you need to have someone that really understands your business mm -hmm. and, um, and can properly... Um, represent it as well as uh financially you know what is, what's the value the, the, what's the, the the fair market value and and going through and i think and understanding that from uh if i was to pick my top three and ask the same question uh, the interesting part is how that might come out a little bit different and and, and you'll and, start to piece that together yeah once you start having those conversations you'll say boy these are just two entirely different answers how is that possible right so how's that possible and does the person who gives me the highest market value is the person i'm going to sell to sell my yeah. business yeah. And, and the caution of obviously that as well sure. um all right let me just check i don't think we have any questions so with that um Oliver, thank you very much. Uh, you're a great asset to our team here at the association. Mm -hmm. uh, we love referring you out to members that are purchasing or selling a business because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, you guys really do a good professional job and, and you personally have been a, um, a, a great support person to the association members uh, and you know hospitality. So it's been a great relationship. We appreciate your time on this webinar. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody that joined us, we appreciate your time. If you want to contact or you'd like to contact Oliver, his information is in the chat room, or you can email me later. I'd be glad to, to get that out to you. Um, generally, we send out a follow-up email to those that attended that will get you your, uh, your contact information. Uh, Shelby, you're, 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 you're back there somewhere, I know, assisting me. Do we plan on doing a, an email out to those that attended and providing uh, Oliver's contact information? Yes, the follow-up email will be sent out. And this uh, webinar was recorded. So once the recording is ready, a copy of that will be sent to attendees and it should be uploaded to our YouTube. And that's usually about 48 hours, correct? About, yes. 
Yeah, I like to say 24, but it's never reality. It's everyone has work to do to get it ready and put it on YouTube. So sure. 48 hours is better. Oliver, thank you very much. Thank you um, for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good rest you. of the day, thank everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.